Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Now, today people are celebrating Father's Day across the country, but it's not just Father's Day, it's also coming to a close Men's Health Week 2023. I'm joined on the line now by Dr Thomas Rue, Specialist Registrar in Public Health Medicine based in Kilkenny to talk us through some of the highlights and spotlights from this week that they want to get across to men in Ireland. Thomas, you're very welcome along to the show this morning on the Sunday Grill. Men's Health Week 2023 is coming to a close today, but it's not just about the week it was. It's men's health at a, at a greater scale. So tell us, what is the campaign for this year? What has it been? Well, thanks so much for having me on the show, Jolene. And as you say, coming to the end of it now, the theme for Men's Health Week 2023 this year was the picture of health. What does that look like for you? And so what we had asked men and those who know a man, be it the father, brother, son, uncle, work colleague, to really imagine what the picture of health is and to make slow progress towards achieving that health. So whether it is being a better weight, it's just uh, the slow progress would be, you know, addressing that in terms of maybe adding more greens to your to your meal this evening or getting out and going for that half an hour walk whenever you can two to three times a week. So it was really about just what's that picture of health how are you going to get there and start making that move towards getting there? Thanks so much, Thomas. And men's health in particular, I suppose it's nearly a common underline that maybe men don't take care of themselves as much as women do. Is it fair to say that men maybe might avoid looking at their health as a whole just in case something crops up? Is there a fear factor there for men in particular? Well, certainly the statistics would indicate that men don't look after themselves as well as women do. Um, Men are likely to die younger than women. They're more likely to die from the leading causes of death um, than women. And they tend to delay actually going to see health care. There are various reasons for that. Studies indicate that it has to do around masculinity and the concept of masculinity and appearing weak to seek help. Uh, Other studies have shown that it is around access. So uh, predominantly in in societies where the men are seen as a breadwinner and is working long hours, they might not have capacity to attend the healthcare professional. So there are many reasons why men might delay um, seeking attention. Um, And really what this week is about is shining a spotlight on the fact that, that men need a little bit more encouragement, I think, to actually go and see a healthcare professional when they have an issue and also just to signpost for them where they can get that information if they have something that they're concerned about. Yes, and you have some dates in particular. So I know today is the Sunday, which is Father's Day. One of the signposts for this week was the important role that fathers play. Take us back to the beginning, trash the ash and quit smoking. That's the message for men on Monday. Yeah, so Trash the Ash on Monday was all about encouraging men to stop smoking. More men than women smoke in Ireland. And over the last three years, the population level of smoking has evened out. But that is unfortunately because the rates of smoking in men have increased while it's decreased in women. So it's really smoking is related with a whole host of uh, diseases and 90 percent of lung cancers are actually due to smoking. So it's really something that we want to get on top of and try and stop. And so Monday was all about just making people aware of those statistics and signposting them to the HSE service, quit.ie. It's a free service. It includes free nicotine replacement therapy. And actually using that service can double your chance of quitting smoking. And uh, if you have a partner or you know a man who is smoking, the, the HSE service also offers advice on how to really broach that topic with the person, that man in your life, to make him, encourage him um, to seek a help in quitting. 
That's great advice, Thomas. So for you at home, if there's someone that comes to mind, there's also places for them to go to try and, and seek help. So the next spotlight really stuck out for me. Prevention is better than cure, that it's good to find out as as early as possible if there is anything that needs to be helped. Uh, talk us through this, Thomas. Yeah, so so prevention is better than cure. I think that's a big thing within public health is that if we can prevent the onset of disease, we can save people a lot of heartache and discomfort with regards to health and well-being. Uh, in terms of men's health in Ireland, if we think prevention, we often think screening services. So we might think of things like breast check. When it comes to men, there's really only uh, two screening services which men can partake of or would be enrolled in, and that's a colorectal cancer screening, the bowel screen, and the diabetic eye screening. Um, the issue is that men tend to put these off. So if we look at the cancer statistics, we can see that men will often make up a larger proportion of later diagnosed cancers. And the rates and incidence of cancer within men is higher than in women as well, particularly for colorectal and obviously for prostate because it only occurs in men. Um, so it really is about just if, if men are experiencing any of the symptoms, men know their body best. People know their body best. Um, if they experience any symptoms or anything that just feels out of the uh, out of the ordinary, any lumps or bumps, any changes in bowel habits, uh, any bleeding from places where they shouldn't be bleeding, it's always a good idea to get it checked out. Uh, the earlier you pick up any of these issues, the better the outcome can be, uh, particularly with regards to, to cancers. The other one with regards to prevention is better than cure is cardiovascular disease. So more men are going to die from cardiovascular-related diseases than women. And surprisingly, a study from a few years ago found that in men over the age of 45, nearly half of them were unaware that they had undiagnosed hypertension. So it's really something that whenever you do actually make that move to see and engage with healthcare, get your blood pressure checked as well, because that's really the only way that you can pick that up and before the problems arise from it. So I'd imagine it's never too early to go check something out, but also to get a no. checkup. So it, you don't necessarily need to have anything, you know, that, that that's a red flag in your health, but also it's it's good to take stock and take action on the current health you have now. See how, how what's going on under the hood if nothing has cropped exactly. up. Exactly. Quite right. Um, And as I said, you know, people just aren't, you're not aware of what's going on and you don't want to wait until signs start showing that there's something there. If it's just a simple case of seeing your GP or healthcare professional and getting one or two, uh, one or two checks or tests. And you touched on it earlier with there was also food for thought and what you depend on, a focus on addictions such as alcohol, gambling, drugs, sex, internet access. There was a big highlight on one of the days this week for Men's Health Week 2023 about their addictions and how to battle them. Quite right. So Wednesday was the food for thought and Thursday was regarding addictions. Um, and so with regards to the addictions that you've mentioned there, we know that men are Although the rates of alcohol consumption aren't that different between men and women, men tend to uh, consume far more alcohol in a single setting than women, roughly twice as, as, as often, sorry, not twice as often, but twice as many men as compared to women. Um, and so it is a big issue, and it's also a difficult one to address. Um, and similar to the smoking on the hsc.ie website, if you or you have, if you as a man are seeking help, I would advise to have a look there. But also, if you are someone who knows a man who you would like to broach the topic with, but aren't sure how, there's also good advice on how to broach that topic um, with, within the hsc.ie website. Um, the other issue, then, obviously, with regards to addictions, is um, drug use, um, and we have seen an increase in drug use 
uh, across the population, but particularly in, in men, it's a far higher use of, uh, of illegal drugs uh, in younger men as well. And that's obviously associated with a whole host of, of issues as well. Um, and so it's really about seeing that there's the problem there and just signposting people and, and helping them to address the problem as, as they need to, encouraging them to seek that assistance. And that help is there. And it's not just for Men's Health Week 2023. It's also, you know, for for all year round, if there's anybody who needs help, that there is support available there to them. A research has shown that men experience a disproportionate burden of ill health and die too young. The next point that was wanted to be covered was mental fitness, but also let's get physical, that people's physical aspects go hand in hand as well. Correct. Yeah. And that's a very good point. They do go hand in hand. Um, so oftentimes, and if, if you go and there's actually a very good booklet that the Men's Health Forum for Ireland has produced called Action Man. And they cover every all of these topics that they, we've, we're talking about and that have been covered during the week um, and just give little tips on how to how to address those issues in your own life aimed at men um, and also then resources that can be used. And particularly one of those around mental fitness is that if there's something that's getting you down, sometimes it's just a good idea to stretch the legs, get out and be active. And you can really try and address both problems at once with that kind of an attitude. Um, but it's sometimes uh, people would require a little bit more assistance than just walking uh, or just getting mm-hmm. physically active with regards to, to mental fitness. And that's why it's also important to, if you need it, to seek the help. And there's resources within that Action Man document that can signpost where you can seek that help. It might be as simple as just talking to someone that you know. And encouraging the man in your life, if you feel or you sense that there's something, is just encouraging that you're available if he is wanting to talk. Which also brings us and rounds up the week. Today is Father's Day. Um, the importance of being a role model and a figure for your children, but also, you know, the younger people who may be in your life, like nieces and nephews. It's important that there is a role there as a father or an uncle to ensure that their children and those around them live healthy lives. That's the message for Men's Health Week on today, Father's Day. Isn't that right, Thomas? Yes, exactly. So the, so even though it's called Men's Health Week, it's really aimed at men and boys across all the age ranges. And really, if we can start healthy habits at a young age through emulation, through practicing it ourselves, we can really start younger generations on the right path towards a healthy, healthy existence. For those who want to find out more information about the topics that you covered and the in the the platforms available to them for support, where can we where can they find out more, Thomas? So if people are looking for more information on Men's Health Week specifically or Men's Health in general, um, the first part of call would probably be the Men's Health Forum in Ireland. It's available at mhfi.org. Um, and then within that, you will find uh, details about the Men's Health Week that has just passed and all the previous years, as well as that booklet I was talking about, Action Man, t- t- 10 Top Tips for Men, uh, which just addresses all of the topics that would, were covered over this week of Men's Health Week and just gives advice and small tips and just those small steps that can be taken to start imp- improving and addressing those problems. And then if you're looking for more disease-specific or more health-specific things, another good website would be the hse.ie website. And you'll find all the services that are available there. For instance, the quit.ie service that I referenced earlier, you'll find it on that website. 
And finally, if you are someone who's interested in YouTube or, or podcasts or listening to things, the a good point of call there around men's health and all health-related issues um, is the HSE Health and Wellbeing podcast and YouTube channel. Great. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Thomas Rue, Specialist Registrar in Public Health Medicine, Kilkenny, is not just telling us about Men's Health Week 2023, but also that it is all year round. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Now, the summer solstice has a new calling from GIY in Waterford. The social enterprise is encouraging each household in Ireland to take some time on the longest day of the year this coming Wednesday, the 21st, and sow a seed to get Ireland growing. I'm joined on the line by Development Director Nell Ward with GIY in Waterford. Nell, you're very welcome along. There's a big significance of sowing a seed and the longest day of the year as well. Solstice falls on Wednesday the 21st of June, isn't that right? It sure is. Hi, Jolene. Great to be here. Um, yeah, listen, exactly as you said at GIY, we're kicking off our Get Ireland Growing um, campaign. So we want to have 100,000 people around Ireland and around the southeast um, growing food this summer. Um, and exactly as you said, you know, we're kicking off on the longest day of the year. I think we're all appreciating the bit of sunshine at the moment um, and no better time than, I think, to, to put a seed in the ground and literally start a whole new um, I suppose, sowing beginning than on the longest day of the year. Um, so we'll be starting are kicking off our 12-week growing campaign on the 21st of June. Um, and what we want to do is have people in households, in companies, in communities, um, right around the country in literally putting a seed in the ground that day and then um, we'll all get growing over into the harvest period. Lovely. It's such a sweet initiative as well. I know it's summer, but also sow a seed for something that maybe people aren't big gardeners or they might not have a lot of space or never done anything like it before. Sow a seed. It's such a simple concept because it's something as small as one seed. So you could do it maybe in your garden, on your apartment windowsill that everybody can get involved from, you know, one year of age to 99 years of age. It's something for everyone to get involved in. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I know we speak to sort of the, the magic of a seed. You know, it's, it's amazing. If you put a seed in the ground, you know, you don't need to tell it what to do. It just knows itself what to what to what to do and how to grow. Um, and I think, you know, you touched on a few things there, Jolene, like, you know, when you grow your own food or when you're involved in gardening, like it's an amazing thing to do. You know, it's it's great for people will always report kind of the feel good factor um, of, you know, getting out. And, you know, as you said there, you can literally sow a seed in, you know, a flower pot in your your windowsill or you know if you have a little windowsill box that you put out in your balcony whatever area you have it'll work in it and um, what we're encouraging people to do this year actually is to grow greens and salads um, because number one they grow really really easily over the summer period and they grow really quickly as well so in no time at all you'll have lovely seeds sprouting up and you'll be able to taste some delicious greens um, and listen, I think, you know, we know it at GIY that, you know, growing your own food, you know, it's a really, really, I suppose, important and effective sort of environmental action that we can all do because, you know, it's great to have access to your own homegrown or locally grown food. Um, but also, you know, you, you kind of said it there, there's lots and lots of kind of health and well-being benefits. You know, people feel better when they grow um, and there's nothing better than, than tasting some of your own freshly grown food as well, which is always nice and amazing. Exactly. Exactly. So you see the project literally grow in front of you, get Ireland growing their strawberries or their broccoli or their cabbage. I know someone who started growing um, potatoes from roots that were left over from older potatoes in their press and they popped them in some soil and a couple of weeks later it was sprouting. So it can actually be very straightforward for people who have never done anything like this before or maybe
maybe they have and haven't done it in a long time. What's something to keep in mind when they want to start sewing? What's the first thing to think of to make sure that you get the the ball rolling quite quickly? That you get it working. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the purpose of Get Ireland Growing this year as well, Jolene, is that we want people who've never, you know, put a seed or never grown their own thing before. You know, it's open to everyone can get involved. Um, and I suppose what DIY will be doing as part of Get Ireland Growing is helping people along the way. So I think the number one rule is, you know, grow something that you like eating. Um, and it sounds like a very basic thing to say, but it's, it's a good rule of thumb. So grow something that you like eating. Um, I think secondly, you know, if you grow something like um, lettuce or greens, things like lovely rocket or baby gem lettuce, you know, they grow easily um, and they grow in abundance. So you can grow them, you can keep having them come back sort of over and over again. Um, So that's the rule. Grow what you eat. Number two, I think grow something that's simple and that'll grow. You know, you'll see the results fairly quickly. Um, And then, as I said, at GIY, I suppose our job and our role here is to make sure that, you know, you have that growing success. So we'll kind of help you every step of the way um, between June into the harvest period in September as well. So we'll all have a a lovely and successful growing uh, journey. And like you said, uh, you're going to be there every step of the way. One of the things that we've started here on Beat in the last week uh, or two is our hours to protect. And one of the most important things that we can do to protect our future is sustainability. So we are ticking that box by being able to create food that we can eat, but also biodiversity. So if people want to sow something that's not just food and they want to to pot maybe a flower that they like or they see something in a flower shop or or the likes of a supermarket and they want to take it home and pot it, that they can do that too. Is there anything that you would say to people who have never potted a flower before to keep in mind in the summer months? Is there a time that they could sow something? Do they have to take into account the time of year or the type of seed they're sowing? Yeah, I think so. Every seed will have, you know, particular times of year that, you know, you should sow it and then particular times of year that you should harvest it. So, you know, you'll find that most, I think, plants and seeds, you know, will have a little um, tag on them. It'll tell you. So have a little read. I think of what's on um, the tag or if you're in your local, you know, garden shop, I think they're always really, really helpful and be able to sort of guide it to the right and um, the right seeds, um, be that flowers or vegetables. Um, you know, and certainly at, at GIYs, we've lots of resources there. You can go online and have a search and see, you know, when is the right time to, to sow the right Right things, um. So that's uh, that's number one, and I think just on on a point you said there, and you know the biodiversity. I mean, it's so great. You know, just growing your own locally is it's amazing. You know, it reduces like food miles and all those sort of I suppose environmental um challenges that we can see with the food system. Um, but the other thing that we know, um, that you know when people start growing their own seeds and you know veg or whatever that may be that it's amazing actually and it has this sort of effect on people that you know you Mm -hmm. start all of a sudden to understand you know how amazing it is to grow how easy it can be but also you know you become a little bit more I think aware of our environment um you know you're kind of more likely to grow organically you're more likely to kind of use less plastics maybe when you're shopping um and also if you grow your own food i think you're also a little bit more conscious of wasting food mm-hmm. so there's these, this thing called food empathy which is that you know when people start growing in any shape or format you know it all it helps us all have it be a little bit more aware of our environment and be a little bit more sustainable as well so that's brilliant for, for us um for the health of us and for the health of the planet and you said it there that it has this effect on people it also has a very engaging effect for communities so like if i 
I know my partner at home, he, uh, for the first time, potted a plant this summer and he's seeing it grow and then he might see it getting a little sad and he'd spend some time at it. He'd be like, hey, Jolene, look at how my flower's doing. Or, you know, like, have a look at this. It's engaging for people to be able to say, look, here's what I started and maybe start a ripple effect of people thinking about it and taking action in their own gardens as well. That date, you know, I think there's nothing that people love doing more than sharing um, <laughs> pictures and sharing the experience of what they've grown. A little bit of showing off, I think, going on. But listen, dead right, dead right. So, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, put the seed in when you start seeing it coming up, like you'll see people will share with neighbours and with friends and with family. I think and the two, uh, I think, things to bear in mind is that number one, you know, particularly with Get Ireland Growing this year, that's exactly what we want people to do, um, you know, is to sign up register with Get Ireland Growing so we'll send you the emails and the tips but also share your experience you know share the photos of what you're doing show us how you're getting on <laughs> if you're having some trouble you know get in touch and let us know um, but also I think another really really important aspect is you know growing in a community setting like it's an amazing thing to do and you know you'll find spaces and communities like everywhere you know from community gardens to men's sheds groups to senior citizens groups to residential and housing estates you'll have lots of groups of people coming together and we'd love to see that through Get Ireland going this year as well is that kind of groups come together you know you can sow your seeds together or you can sow them in your own homes but then come together to celebrate the harvest and celebrate when they come up and you have your your lovely produce to eat as well Um, and we have a really really actually exciting aspect of Get Ireland going this year as well where we have um, lots of companies like uh, CIE group and that coming on board and they're actually have a, a setup where their employees are actually connecting in at local community groups um, and they're going to give them grow boxes and they're going to kind of grow together, you know, as sort of employees and also as community groups. That's a really, really lovely aspect. of this Very good. Well. So it's an initiative you can do at home and in work and anywhere that you spend time with people and you have the outdoors. Nell, so looking ahead on Wednesday the 21st, the summer solstice, one last time, what can people do and where can they find out more information? So, yes, on the summer stalls, the 21st of June or before, go on to getirelandgrowing.ie. I will find it on the giy.ie website. So getirelandgrowing.ie, sign up, give us your details, give us your email address. Let us know what you're going to do um, for growing over the summer. And we look forward to having 100,000 people getting Ireland growing this year. Woo. Nell Ward, Director of Development at GIY in Waterford. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Jolene. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. The sun is shining, the grass is greener and love is in the air. We're now looking at trends in civil ceremonies in particular, from midday celebrations to statement veils. I'm joined now by wedding and event coordinator at Killaloo Hotel and Spa, Idi Leahy, to share their 2023 civil ceremony trends. Idi, you're very welcome to the Sunday Grill. First up, for people who don't know, what is a civil ceremony? It's more of an intimate kind of ceremony that you have at the venue of your choice. Um, it's, I suppose, nowadays it's more cost efficient and I suppose it's it's easier for people having everything at the one place, you know, and it's having a celebrant if people aren't religious, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of like um, having it as a civil ceremony, like not having really strong beliefs. They don't have to have it in the church, you know, um, depending if you want your, you know, your fairy tale movie kind of wedding. <laughs> I suppose the majority of them would be in churches, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you can have them in the marquee or in your front yard that the civil ceremony yeah. can cater for a lot more people. Exactly. It can, of course. Um, and I suppose with regards um 
if you're staying if you're having in the hotel like ourselves there's the bedroom so you have all your bits and pieces with you you're not having to think oh do I have this do I have that on the day you have like many people come the day before so there's always a little bit of pressure kind of eased you know yes very interesting so then a lot of people have the civil ceremony so they're all in the one venue there's no faffing so then are you seeing a rise in the popularity then more people are leaning towards this do you think that's from the fallout of the pandemic or is it just that there's more options available now um do you know I would say there's a bit of both you know involved in it I suppose with um civil ceremonies a lot of people have kind of in recent times have just stuck with the intimate weddings and I think mm-hmm. they're very popular now at the moment um where they just have the small close relations at it um but I I would say it will continue to go this way because as I said it's a lot easier for people and it's just it's relaxing it's yes. fun it's it's intimate as well. So for people that want to have the close people and not and, and actually be able to speak to them during the day, civil ceremonies can cater yeah. for that because some people want to concentrate on the bigger part of the day, which is the party afterwards. Exactly. That's it, I suppose. We have a good view this year in the fact that we're having, they're having their civil ceremony, they're having their close 20, 25 people just for their meal. And then they're having their wedding party after. That's something that I think is going to come into play a lot more in the next coming years, um, where it's literally the small meal with your close family and friends. And then you're inviting everybody else, the second cousins, whatever, then, you know, um, for the party after where like for ourselves, like we can offer tapas, some barbecue food, some finger food. And it's more about just getting on the dance floor with your friends and family and just having a great night, you know. It's more relaxed. It's less of the big marshmallow wedding, which is all very strict and linear and time stamped and you know where you're going to be at a certain time of the day, that you can kind of let your hair down and enjoy the moment and be more present in the intimate setting. Exactly. There's no rushing from A to B, you know. You're all, you're here. Yeah, get the photos done and get the the dancing shoes on. So we're looking at trends then, Eddie. What are some of the trends in particular for civil ceremonies you're seeing in the industry now? Yeah, so I suppose the main things that kind of are gone out of the way, I suppose, are the, you know, the uniformal bridesmaid dresses. I feel like people now are more like body conscious and like they they feel more independent in being able to say, that's not going to suit me mm-hmm. to the bride, you know. They kind of, like they tend to stay around the same colours, for example, like if it's pastel pink, they'll stay in the pastel type colours as well. Um, but just the different styles. And you know, it's a little bit quirkier and it's a little bit different as well, you know. Exactly. Um, and it can tick the Instagram box as well. It's a lot of, of social exactly. media influence that it is okay to be more body confident and relaxed and some people can have their sleeves and some people can have their halter neck or their backless exactly. dress or their full length and their midi. That it makes people people more comfortable while at the wedding to see the people they're relaxed exactly and that's I suppose from speaking to all the couples like that's the main thing you know with regards even speeches and stuff they're like what do you think they'll feel more comfortable with and I said look it's completely up to you You can talk to them I'm sure they're happy to tell you no I don't want to be I don't want to say that or they do want to say that it's all about communication you know and um I think people have gotten way better at that. And yeah. as an event coordinator and wedding coordinator at Killaloo, Eddie, you're seeing other industry trends coming in, but also some going out as well. So the yeah. welcome bags, the favours, what what's the crack with that? Do people still do those? Do you know what? The welcome bags, not at all. I haven't seen them at all. I suppose the favours you get 
um, some small, like a lot of them, the most recent ones I've had has been like sunflower seeds in a little bag, but they don't really tend to do that anymore. The thing that's kind of in now is that they're bringing some of the um, sparklers. People are bringing sparklers in and then they choose them just before like the DJ kicks off or something. DJ and then saying, oh, would you mind heading outside and just do sparklers? And it's great for a photo opportunity. That's kind of what people are doing nowadays or they're bringing in, you know, an Instax and taking photos and mm-hmm. asking people to write a little message and stuff. It's more so about the keepsakes afterwards than just giving a gift on the day that won't ever be used again. It's more important to have the photos or the, I suppose, the memories to look back on. Like the sparklers, that's such a big thing and people have been really enjoying that. Everybody outside, even a few of the kids with their parents, like the photos that I've seen from after them, it's beautiful, it really is. Would you still see the big gowns now as well when it comes to the wedding, uh, the wedding dresses Mm. or is it much different? It's not as much, no. Um... It's you still have your the the odd one that still want their fairy tale wedding with the big dress, you know. That is always going to be the case. Um, but they're not like I've even had one in a short dress or like in a suit. I suppose another thing that's kind of in at the moment is like the over the top cakes and you know the um the toppers mm-hmm. for the cakes. They're really big at the moment. Um, I suppose as well is this one is a funny one and I heard this recently and I think it's actually brilliant an interactive table decor so I actually heard the other day of a fishbowl with an actual live fish as their table decor and they decided to do like a bit of like a bingo game how did they do the bingo game they had they got them printed they had like little things like fun facts about people you know that their guests and they just shouted it out and they um crossed them off you know as you and whoever was bingoed first won the the table decor in the middle um it was it was quite a a fun everybody was talking about it you know it's an icebreaker for people who probably are sitting at a table that don't know anybody as well that at least it'll make people more engaging with each other too Yeah, it, it's exactly it because you'll you you'll have to eventually sit somebody next to you and kind of like, oh god, are they going to get on, get on? <laughs> you know, um. So it's good. It's a it is a nice breaker in that way. Um, I suppose I was talking to a couple the other day as well about um their table plans, and I said the best way to do it, and I've seen it as well, is getting your paper plates and your pegs. And writing the names of your guests on the pegs and clipping them from one plate to the other, you know, naming them. And you'll it's kind of it's easier to visualize things. It's easier to see them laid out and the pegs can yeah. be moved quite quickly. If one auntie doesn't yeah. talk to another cousin, you can just split them up you quite quick. It. <laughs> yeah. It's quite fun as well, you know. It's it's a cool like task, I suppose, for the couple to do as well, moving it around, you know. And it's, it's um, probably overwhelming to see the amount of clothes pegs some some of them might need as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. I suppose with ourselves, we're kind of an intimate um, a venue. So we kind of max around 170, 180. Um, but I suppose then again, if the people are doing what's on trend now at the moment, I suppose is the civil ceremony, the small intimate meal and then the wedding party. That's like we're holding one there for around just over 200 now in October. So that'll, that'll be great fun, you know. And like you said, uh, the civil ceremony as well, it's, it takes the pressure off perhaps having to fill the 350 people venue. So it takes, again, yeah. pressure off planning. And I, I remember, like you said, with the seating plan, I was at a wedding last year where 
they had a buffet. So you stood up to queue up and get your food and it was delicious and you sat down. You weren't given an allocated seat. The top table had theirs and their immediate family had theirs. But everybody else in the 100 capacity wedding sat down where they they wished. But it actually sped things up a bit that you were able to uh, sit down, eat, enjoy each other's company, but not have to sit down for two hours and get back up again. That there is a lot of scope for what people can do for weddings to suit them and get their party started. That's exactly it. Times are changing and they're, do you know what? They'll always be the old ways that people can do, do you know? But the new ways are exciting and fun as well and I can't wait to see more, do you know? Edie, thank you so much for your time. Wedding and event coordinator at Killaloo Hotel and Spa. For people who want to find out more, Edie, how can they get in touch? Yeah, so I suppose our website is Killaloo Hotel and Spa or else you can email myself at weddings at killalooohotel.ie and I'd be happy to go through some of our packages. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Now the sun is out, the festival season is well underway. I'm joined now on the line by Kiki Martyr of spunout.ie. Kiki, you're very welcome. There is a special message for people that are going to be taking part in festivals from Spun Out, in particular for their safety. And you You've launched this campaign. Tell us about it. Yeah, so the aim of our of our campaign, Safe Sesh, is basically just to demystify recreational drug use for people and provide some harm reduction advice to help them feel secure and reaching out for help and kind of equip them with the information they need going into festival season. Um, and, you know, the tips are really just your basic harm reduction advice, which is start low and go slow, you know, like... Uh, and and stay with people that you that you trust and and look out for each other. So uh, if you're going with a friend or you have a buddy system or a group of people, uh, kind of talk about what you're going to take if you're going to take something and start with a low dose and kind of ease into it and wait and see how you feel. And self awareness is really the key here. Being able to check in with yourself and check in on your body. Are you overheating? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling safe? You know how how are what how is what you're taking making you making you feel and make a plan for your drug use um, with your friends and people you trust so that you can be safe mentally and physically if you're if you're going to experiment. Um, the other tips would be around avoiding mixing drugs, just knowing that uh, mixing any substances, including prescription, prescription medication you're already taking, has its risks and to be very, very aware and sensitive with that. Um, if you're using drugs that, that require tools, do not share tools and kind of read up on, on the safety there. Um, and as well, keep hydrated. You know, if, if, it's, if it's hot, if you're running around, if you're going to different shows, keep hydrated. Aim for, you know, no more than about a pint of water an hour. But make sure that you're, that you're taking sips of water, um, you know, every hour, uh, that, that you're eating something um, and that you're, that you're staying with people that you trust and that you have a plan in place. These tips are not just for people who are attending festivals, but I suppose out and about as well at parties, barbecues. It's something for younger people to keep in mind. Spun Out is particularly aimed for younger people and it's the first proper proper season perhaps um, uh, since the pandemic where all festivals are back up and running and there's more now than there ever was before. For younger people who might not be, I suppose, as maybe well-versed as others for uh, festivals that have taken place pre-pandemic, these are great tips, but not just for festivals. They're also for the session as a whole for the summer. Absolutely. And year round as well. But we know that, you know, with the kickoff of festival season, 
and there's a lot of excitement around it that, that, you know, there's no time like the present to share some of these tips, but yeah, absolutely. You know, whether you're going to a festival or not, sessioning or not, year round or not, it actually is really important to, to kind of be equipped with the information, even if it's just around knowing how to keep, keep friends safe. That's a big part of the campaign is, you know, how to cope with uh, maybe a bad trip or a bad high and to know the signs of a drug emergency. So you might not be taking any drugs at all, but being able to look out for each other and other people um, if you're out of session or if you're, if you're, if you're at a festival. So knowing that it's, you know, it's, it's a bad sign if someone becomes sick. Um, I think we definitely know it's, it's a bad sign if someone loses consciousness, but also things like trouble breathing or chest pain or heart palpitations, I think can kind of go underlooked. Um, so it's always better to be kind of safe rather than sorry, to be overly careful and to just take your friend to the medic tent, especially at a, at a festival. Um, they're great. Tell them exactly what you, what you took, uh, and be sort of just transparent and just take them and don't be, don't be worried about, about getting them, um, to be seen as soon as possible. And, you know, if it's just always better to be, to be kind of overly cautious just there they're the not and then the most important thing is just to stay with someone uh even if they're if they're just feeling nervous and they're feeling stressed about how they're feeling on the drug just stay with them do not let them um kind of wander off by themselves take them somewhere quiet and safe um you know make sure that uh the person like doesn't try to take something else maybe to compensate or feel differently um, and there's kind of lots of different things you can do to help them make, make give them some water, uh, you know, encourage them to do some breathing or to do some grounding uh, exercises. And if you're stressed and, and panicked while high, to even just share how you're feeling, you know, if there's certain thoughts rolling around in your mind, just kind of let them let them out, let them let your friend know what, what you're thinking about. And they might be able to, to, to say something out. kind of calm and, and reassuring in, in return. And I suppose the exactly. key factor here is that like we're not trying to tell people what to do if they're going to take drugs because we can't control them. If they're going to take them, they're, they, you know, it's, it's, it's their responsibility. But what we can do to assist them to make sure that they do it safely and that they, I suppose, return from any drug trip or drug high in a safe condition for parents who might be a bit apprehensive about sending maybe their first child to a festival is there any advice that you would give them before they take drugs yeah listen I mean not everyone does take drugs or experiment with drugs at a festival and that's certainly not not you know it's not the only the only aim but it really is useful to kind of be equipped with almost like your worst case situation, Mm -hmm. you know, like most people will not have a negative experience or, you know, a drug emergency at the festival, but it really is great to kind of have your safety information in your, in your back pocket. If you see someone so that you can be a great bystander at the event. So I wouldn't, I'm not trying to caution parents or families whatsoever, but it really is important to not kind of shy away from the worst case scenarios, but Mm -hmm. to kind of look at them and prepare for them and, and to say, Hey, like, you know, these are sort of the things that you might want to be prepared for. Like we know that you know, parents can think back to when they were younger. We know that age 18 to 24 is the typical age people might start to try or experiment with drugs if they're going to. Not everyone wants to or will, but, uh, you know, it's just great to be to be realistic, to be comforting, to be, you know, sharing factual information. Um, because the kind of don't talk about it or just don't just say no education, you know, we, we know that hasn't worked historically. We know that tends to perpetuate stigma and kind of not sharing openly. Um, so yeah, it's just great to have the information and you can always frame it as 
if your friend needs it, you know, if you see someone at the festival that, that's gotten sick, this is what you should do just to be, you know, a good citizen and look out for of each other. Of course, and help out almost like a, a responder. If you're there, you know how to handle the situation and be confident. When it comes to drugs being given back at a festival, there are stations set up, especially in recent years, for people to be able to give back or, or people who might have drugs and want to give them back or don't want to take them. What would you say to them if they wanted to do that at a festival or a session this summer? Yeah, I think that's a really great um, kind of new thing that's been that's been going on over the last couple of years. And I think definitely of every festival that you're going to kind of be aware of what is available there. You know, if there's certain rehydration tents, what the medic tents are, if there's kind of handback tents that are going on, every festival will be a bit different. And like you and your friends that you're going with, make your buddy system and see what is available and and kind of uh, what's what's on offer there in terms of uh, keeping everyone safe, because I think festivals are really trying to. Um, you know, go above and beyond and make sure and take the right steps to make sure that there's options there for people. And finally, Kiki, if people want to find out more information on Spun Out about the Safe Sesh campaign, where can they go? Yeah, so it's spunout.ie. You can you can uh, go anywhere you can get your internet and it's the kind of front of house our, of, our, of our website there. Um, you can see our, our little logo with the, with the bucket hat and his bum bag ready to ready to go safely into, into session season um but as well uh, if you're at all sort of wanting to talk to someone um for free and anonymously you can text our 24 7 support service um you can free text spun out to 50808 to begin to connect with a trained volunteer um so it could be if you're kind of stressed or worried about drug use uh, if you just want someone to talk to if you want a kind of further support or resource or you have a question um, that's a great resource for anyone uh, any age can can use and connect thank you so much kiki and of course if there is anybody that you come across that you think needs extra care there's also emergency services on 999 absolutely yeah look out for each other and yeah just be safe just be safe rather than sorry you know equip yourself but you know have fun you know it's 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 not all doom and gloom you know go out and have a have a great summer stay cool stay hydrated uh wear your spf you know all all that good stuff and and hopefully it'll be yeah great a great kickoff to festival season for everyone kiki martier from spun out daddy thank you so much for joining us thanks thanks for having me Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Ours to protect on Beat. There's a new kid on the block in Wexford Town, a mode of transport that is both efficient and sustainable, the electric bike. We have, um, on a trial basis for a year, an e-bike sharing scheme for Wexford Town. They're supplied by Bolt in partnership with Wexford County Council. So what they are is 50 bikes have been brought to town for people to jump on, jump off. That's Claire Goodwin. She's the walking and cycling officer for Wexford County Council. The Bolt e-bikes are at 45 parking locations around Wexford Town and you can park or pick up at those locations. More are being added where demand is. It saves you looking for car parking space in town, saves you the car parking fee, takes one more car out of town. It's not suitable for everybody, but where it is, we're seeing the use, we're seeing the demand. The Shared Cycle Scheme is part of Wexford County Council's Climate Action Plan, which is due to be produced in 2024. Frank Burke is the Climate Action Coordinator at Wexford County Council. Claire and her team in Active Travel have come up with this, the Shared Cycle Scheme. And, you know, that, that's hugely beneficial in trying to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. We have a target of reducing our greenhouse gas by 51% by 2030. So this will go some way towards that and every little bit helps. 
To rent a Bolt e-bike in and around Wexford Town, you'll need the Bolt app and have a payment card tied to your account. Pricing for e-bikes around Wexford is currently set at 18 cent per minute. So there's no unlock fee. That's the unique thing about Bolt because a lot of the other bike schemes do have an unlock fee of like a euro or something like that. So it's 18 cent a minute and the average journey is 10 to 15 minutes. So about two euro, 2.50 a ride, something like that. The good thing to know is if you were just popping in, say, for a coffee, you didn't want to unlock your bike, you can pause and lock it. And that means that bike is reserved for you. So nobody else can come along while you're getting your coffee and jump on that bike. And that reduces the fee then to five cent a minute. So we needed someone to try out the shared cycle scheme in Wexford Town. So who better than Beats Head of News and Wexford native Jolene Murphy. I haven't gotten on a bike that hasn't been in a spinning class in about three years. So this should be fun. The Bolt app brings up a map of Wexford Town so you can choose a bike nearest you. Each e-bike has an adjustable seat and a front basket. The bike's frame is built from 100% recycled aluminium and the maximum motorised speed is 25 kilometres per hour. The Bolt e-bike has a range of up to 90 kilometres in a single charge. So, let's do this. Downloaded. So, you see the scan here. So, you scan the QR code. There's one on the back wheel and one on the body of the bike. So, we will scan that. And now we'll see start ride. So you just press that and we should hear a little click on the bike soon. Okay, there's the signal that tells you the bike is ready to go. You're <laughs> off! Where will I go? The, the <laughs> options are endless. Just spin around here until you get comfortable with it. So lift it off, put your foot against the stand. Yeah. Just the other way. Oh yeah, the, the other way. And just lift it off the stand. Oh, it's a proper sturdy bike. It's very sturdy. <laughs> oh my god, the other way! It's important to replace our trips from carbon intensive car journeys to more effective ways of reducing emissions by, by uh, you know, cycling your bike and trying to reduce the number of journeys that you make down to the shop or the, the park or whatever. This is class. <laughs> I'll definitely use it. If you can, you know, change your behaviour and say, right, I'm going to try and, you know, use the, the, the Bolt bikes rather than hopping in my car all the time. All that makes a difference in reducing emissions. And along with that, you're reducing, you know, noise pollution, uh, you're reducing air pollution, and you have the whole feel-good factor and the, the health and well-being is a huge part of it as well. Once you start and push off, it's you feel the power in it straight away and it's not that it's gone too fast, but it kind of takes off. And then you have the two brakes in front. So as soon as I was like, oh my goodness, it's picking up. It's actually not fast. It's because I am wobbly, but the brakes are really soft and they're very secure. So I can see the speed on the front of it as well. And it feels very sturdy. I have to say, even though I haven't been cycling in a long time, I would feel fairly confident giving this a whirl around. When you get, when you finish your ride, park up the bike in a designated parking location and end your ride, press the end ride button and that will bring you to the camera. You need to photograph the bike to show that you have located it properly because otherwise your card will continue to be charged. So that just guarantees that the bike is parked correctly. Perfect. Brilliant. Claire, thank you so much. I'm yes. off. Orla, I'll see you in work. <laughs> Ours to Protect is funded by Commission Lamont with the television licence fee and is a partnership between Beat 102103 and the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Check out Ours to Protect.ie for more info. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102103. Now I'm joined by the in-house movie expert that is Brian. Brian, you're very welcome to the show this morning. It's not Orla Apple's beautiful face that you're seeing today. Unfortunately, you're stuck with the second best. Hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll take the second best, you know. I can't even because I was gonna say, oh no, you're better than Aura, but Aura's gonna hear this, then give out to me, and I can't be dealing with that. So <laughs> I hope she listens. I'm gonna say back. on par. I'm gonna say on par. On then, par. Then there's no there's no issue. Then. While Orla is sunning herself, we're looking to oh, yeah. the movie of the moment, which is Transformers: Woo! Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. Tell me what's going on with Transformers now. It's been out for a couple of years. Where are they at? They have been bobbing around. You know, with those Transformers, they're always kind of like attacking things and doing things and tr- turning into trucks. It, it, it is how it is. It's always how it is. Um, this time, they're, they're back in the 90s. It's it's kind of like a precursor to the, the one in 2007 Very with good. like Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, but not, not like directly. But it's basically, there's a different planet. There's other Transformers that are animal type Transformers. We've seen, we've seen dinosaur Transformers <laughs> before in one of the previous ones. But this time, they're, they're like an ape and like a rhinoceros and a cheetah and a hawk type thing. It's funny when you say dinosaur, it's like, have Transformers done it again with another movie? Remember Jurassic Park 2? It's, they had a second island. Is yeah. it the same kind of, are they hashing out the same storyline or is it genuinely a brand new movie? It is a new movie, but it's like, there's another planet with Transformers <laughs> on them and they all come to Earth because... I don't know what it is about us. We just we're happy to welcome in all these creatures, like. You but know? they're kind of different, and they're not in, I suppose, human figure form. They're in animal form this time. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's yeah. Because one of them is called Optimus Primal, <laughs> and obviously the most famous Transformer is Optimus Prime. So Optimus Primal is named after Optimus Prime, but he's an ape, which I just thought was honestly <laughs> the funniest thing in the entire movie. Like you're sold right there. Oh yeah, no, I'm in a hundred percent. Like you have me. <laughs> but it, it's one of those movies where you can just turn off your brain completely. And you can mm-hmm. just sit back and enjoy it. And there's explosions and the, the apes turn into trans big robots and there's massive battles. And it's like, yeah, Ooh. I'll take that. Right, let's take a listen. For centuries, our kind has stayed hidden on Earth. But darkness has found us again. Prime. This is about the fate of all living things. Unicron is coming. Wow. Wow. Whoa. That's exciting. <laughs> and you've seen it. Like, I want to go watch it now. I'm such a movie buff, I'd like to think. But I haven't been to the cinema in a long time. The last time I went, I saw the double uh, Scream 5 and 6 back to back when Scream 6 came out. And this is definitely something I think I'm going to have to go back. Do I need to watch the other movies? No, not no. at all. Like, you could 100%. Like, if you watch Bumblebee, like the one with Haley Steinfeld, is like a spin off thing. Like, maybe 2017 at this stage or 2019 that um, that might be a kind of precursor to how the Transformers arrived on Earth you could have seen all of them you could have seen none of them hmm. you can still enjoy it you can still enjoy it are people fatigued of Transformers yet like you see, like Fast and Furious is still going all the Marvel movies are people fatigued when they hear the word Transformers or they're genuine big massive fans looking forward to this if you ask Twitter they will say <laughs> people don't if you look at the box office there people want to go still and you know what Myself and my friends and a few of, them went to, a few of us went to it. We were quite excited for it. I don't know why. Same with Fast and Furious. It's not as good as it was. It's definitely, for me, like the height of Fast and Furious height was like maybe number seven. But I still want to see the new ones. Mm-hmm. Transformers, I've never really been a massive fan of it. But I've never, like the CGI in Transformers is unbelievable. Like yeah. if you go back and watch the original ones even, it still stands up now, like, you know. Take us back to the original, Brian. What was the first lineup versus now? It's it's pretty much the same dudes. It's like so. There's 
the a lot of the like Optimus Prime is the main without guy. any spoilers. Without any spoilers, <laughs> Optimus Prime is the main guy, and Bumblebee is there as well, right? They're kind of the main two Transformers. Then the human cast is completely different. The the like it's Anthony Ramos this time is kind of the main guy, and he's like in the Heights. That's where he was in, and I think he was he was in Hamilton as well. If I'm not I was going to say who's Anthony Ra- Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos, I do so believe. Yeah, Anthony Ramos. He do was. you have IMDb in front of you? I have IMDb hundred percent in front of me. He was in Hamilton as well. He was in A Star Is Born as well. So he's been. So people know him and people want to see him. Yeah, who else is in the lineup? Is a bit of a spin-off. So where where it gets kind of crazy is when you look at the, who was playing the other Transformers because they changed the whole time. And the main kind of Transformers is kind of like the Bumblebee of Anthony Ramos's time, who's friends with him a lot, is played by Pete Davidson, which I I will take a Pete Davidson movie every single day of the week. <laughs> I think he's great. He might be weird, but I love him. I think he's great. So like he was in Fast and Furious there a few weeks ago. He was in Guardians a few weeks before that. And Transformers, like he's he's made this money money for the summer, like so he's chilling. Sensational. But then on top of that, you've Ron Perlman who's playing Optimus Primal, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Liza Koshi, the YouTuber, and and Don uh, John DiMaggio who was Bender in Futurama as well. Amazing, another robot. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he's well experienced to voice another robot. So <laughs> it's just it's just a simple fun thing, and then you hear a voice, and you're like, it's it's a well acted voice. Mm. You're like, oh my god, is that Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh, like? Being oh my this God. transformer right now, right. That's, that's like a transforming hawk into a yeah, and it's like, I love it, hundred percent. I'll I'll take it every day. I can see how happy you are. You definitely watched them when you were younger, then as well, yeah. when they first came out. Well, yeah, I I, I was watching them. I suppose when the first one came out, I was eleven, so wow. I was like perfect time to watch a transformer type movie. But it's always been a movie like it's it's taken itself seriously, but not to the point where it doesn't know that it's a family entertainment movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's never tried to get dark and gritty it's always been like the fate of the universe is always at stake it's always on always the weight of their shoulders there. and you're like you're okay with that because it's like it's always a case of they have an enemy that becomes their friend and then they fight together because they see the bigger picture and it's like I like that it's a nice um, simple little story without spoilers then it's on movie number seven is there much gas left in the tank for more movies after this well they've they've gone back in time so this is like set in the 90s and it's it's a weird thing to think like because they, they they had their kind of franchise and that kind of, I think it kind of settled out. I can't really remember. Because like it's one of those things, it didn't really matter if you knew them. Uh, and then it went back to the 70s with Bumblebee and this one set in the 90s. So it's, it's it might be, I think it's just finding little spin-offs. They might have, they could potentially do a sequel to something like this. Um, but there is uh, an, another <laughs> thing teased at the very end that, like, it's not just teasing another movie. It's teasing a different franchise. That's a big spoiler, Brian. It. Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler. What have you done? It's it's <laughs> it's so confusing that I left myself and my friend just sitting there thinking like, what did we just see? They can still do it now, oh, even years later. Yeah. Still floor you. So I think that the Hasbro toy com- cinematic universe is is the next lineup for them. So Very good. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen with that. Brian, how did I do filling in for Orla? I think... Fantastic. Before I let you go, yeah. I'm going to have you back again next weekend while Orla is away from the mic. Yeah. What have we got lined up for next week? Do you know what you're going to look at? Uh, no. <laughs> look at the phone quick. Let me, say, um, uh, let me just think. Let's. Uh, I'll see what's out. Is there anything that people are talking about, like buzzwords for the summer? Maybe not next week, but the next couple of months. Is there anything big coming out that well, you're looking forward to? The big one I'm really looking forward to is Barbie. It's on the 21st of July. Hallelujah. Cannot wait. This week we have the very controversial The Flash. So why is it controversial? Uh, Because the main character is played by Ezra Miller who kind of went on a 
uh, a bit of a bad publicity. Bad publicity. Okay. Stunt there for a while. Do you think they'll have big turnouts still after that? I don't know. People are weird about these movies. Like it's it's, it's also it's the Flash. Batman's like that's a, in a that's a big big character for people. They haven't yeah. seen him in a movie in a very long time. Yeah. Or ever, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I, he's been in a few of them. Oh no, but like a full oh, movie. Oh, he's just for him. Like yeah, I don't. I've never heard of a single well, one for him. Like so. Like I'm kind of excited for that, and I don't really know much about yeah. the Flash. It's one of those things you got to separate the guy and the <laughs> art really. And so exactly. It's like, just leave him so, him over there, and then the Flash be somebody else. Barbie, The Flash. One more? Uh, Oppenheimer's coming out the same day yes. as Barbie, so that's going to be the big... Will you do the two in the one day? Oh, no question. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna dye my hair for Barbie. And Which then... one will you watch first? Oh, Barbie. I'll go Barbie, then Oppenheimer, <laughs> then Barbie again. I will think. you take out the stilettos as well? Uh, no, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the, like, the jean jacket <laughs> with the no sleeves and dye the hair. And with then... some jewels on the back. Oh, hey. You got you to bejazzle it, like, you know, and then... Maybe some short jean shorts and then I got some pink sliders as well. I'm so. definitely going to the cinema. You're going to watch that. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be the star of the show. Even the movie's awful. I'm going to have a great time. So, Brian, wait. thank you very much. Have no a problem. splendid Sunday. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.